Welcome to Covenant Church's sermon discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the communication director at Covenant, and the preaching pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Um, no, when I, um, towards the end of the year, the beginning of the new year, I was just praying about where we should go in our preaching. And so I sent out just kind of a random array of text across the congregation saying, Hey, do you, do you have a, do you have a thought on what would be good for us to focus on going forward? Just inviting input. And what was really interesting is there were four things that came through really strongly. One was, uh, Please, because we've been doing this um, more topical response to COVID for the last nine months and talking about love and what that looks like, could you just take us into a book of the Bible, but one that's relevant to our circumstances? And Philippians was attractive to a lot of people, and so that met that need. But then the other three needs that came through that were articulated were, please help us to get along as a church. Hmm. There just seems to be a lot of friction and tension. There, um, we don't. It, it seems like we don't really um, that we let our differences have the last word in our interaction sometimes. So, could you help equip us through that? Uh, second one was, could you open up more what this whole thing of love is and isn't? Because sometimes love is defined as an emotion, and sometimes it's defined as choices. Or, a matter of the will and 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 specifically how do you deal with loving someone that you disapprove of disapprove of well how, how does that play itself out in the body of christ outside the body of christ and then the third one was how do we navigate the cultural challenges of the day that they're with race stuff that came up last summer and with mm-hmm. politics stuff that came up uh, there, there is just a sense of a lot of division and tension within the body of Christ over those things. And a lot of um, people feeling like, well, there's only one reasonable Christian perspective on this. I don't even know how to relate to another perspective. And then, and then a lot of people sharing, just feeling afraid of where our culture is going. Mm. And so it, those things that I've just been carrying in my head with me as I've gone through this sermon series, and as I, we have gone through 1, 27 to 30, and then we went through 2, 14 to 16, which are the two primary passages that deal with the way that the church is called to relate together and relate to each other. And I thought, all right, now that we've covered both of those, let's just pause, go back and fit those pieces together and see if there's some more general conclusions we can draw. So that, that's something of the context of how we, why this kind of unique take on these passages. Mm-hmm. And it was really um, focused, I I mean, I couldn't even write down um, all of the references in the book of Philippians that you referred to during your sermon. I just was like writing like crazy. Um, So it was really, it really did cover the entire book. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it did. And I think the theme that I found so helpful kind of as the the thing that knit it all together was just taking Samuel Moffat's 
translation of chapter 3 verse 20 mm -hmm. um, in the NIV it says we are citizens of heaven his translation says we are a colony of heaven and you know the whole colonialization thing has its own you know overtones that are are not positive at this point in history but that idea of establishing a um, an expression here of a culture elsewhere and of a kingdom elsewhere and that being lived out and expanding and growing what does that mean in terms of how we deal with each other what does that mean with, about how we deal with the world it it seemed to provide a really helpful kind of frame of reference for the whole thing mm -hmm. and i have to admit i really loved that you drew on the whiteboard hmm. through the whole whole talk and i i didn't copy your drawing but um you know, there was the colony and there was like a city and the colony has Jesus as king and the city has self as king. Mm -hmm. And um, and then we talked about um, our first allegiance is to Jesus because, you know, so it's like we've moved from the city to the colony. Mm -hmm. And um, and I, the one thing that really struck me is that Jesus is ushering in his kingdom one heart at a time mm. you know so if we think about the you know you've you've kind of brought off the historical context of colonization which is really more of a violent thing in the world history yes and that is not our goal <laughs> that is yeah. not christ's goal yes michelle you just put your finger on something that um I, i'm glad you heard that because to me that is an absolutely crucial concept for us as we think about what it means to engage the culture around us because there there are some people who have this very aggressive way of thinking about what it means for the kingdom to encounter the culture kind of taking the culture back and but there are others who also um and it's a little bit more trendy so in some reform circles now to just think if we just do good and we do art and we we uh kind of improve our society that uh, write good literature, somehow all of those are ways we bring the kingdom of God into being. And, and I think those are ways we express the goodness of the king and the kingdom and life in the kingdom. But the only, a kingdom only exists if you've got two things, a king and a willing subject. That's mm -hmm. it. And, and so the only way the kingdom grows is if there are more subjects who become willing, who recognize his claims and say yes, and, and then turn and live their lives out for him. So um, I, I think that's so crucial to recognize that. So, so then Paul's constant echoing the theme of the, sharing the good news, proclaiming the good news, advancing the good news. It makes so much sense because that, that's how the kingdom spreads, not through us being good or nice or not through us passing moral laws or, or protecting against cultural erosion. It's through reaching people for Christ. And, and then cultural transformation comes, then moral reformation comes. But um, but we tend to want to get that backwards and then we just don't see kingdom fruit from that. Hmm. And then I think our posture changes mm. right? from being, you know, humble, um, loving like Christ to being more aggressive, more, I'm going to put my stake in the ground right here and and it's just more of a, it, it's more of an aggressive, 
um, oh shoot, I just like I'm, I don't have the word. It's the opposite of defensive, offensive. It's more of an yeah. aggressive, offensive. In stance. both meanings of the word. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes offensive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that becomes offensive. Yes, yes that's absolutely right. right. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's really true, and I think um, uh, you know the. Is, is my primary allegiance to bringing about societal change mm. or is my primary allegiance to bringing about kingdom change? Mm. And those are two really, really different things. And the, 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 particularly in a culture that is becoming more and more liberal as we've talked about, more and more permissive, uh, less and less um, excited about Christianity. Um, the, the the posture of trying to bring about societal change is much tends to be much more from what we're trying to protect and shield and guard and hold on to and grasp. And and there is absolutely don't I mean I I wouldn't want to be understood to to be saying there isn't a place for us to seek to appropriately uphold morals within our culture. Mm-hmm. But, but it does seem like the, the heart that God int- intends for us to have, the primary one is engagement with good news and advancing the kingdom rather than uh, shoring up the erosion of a national structure, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, both, they're not mutually exclusive. The one right. can lead to the other, right? Right. We just can't mistake the one for the other. Right. No, we can't. And I think it's, um, I've got so many thoughts running through my mind. The thing that, that is, um, you know, whenever we talk about the, you know, that we're, that we're citizens of another realm, that Jesus is a king of a kingdom, not here on earth. Mm. Um, I just always think of Jesus before Pontius Pilate and Pontius Pilate asking him, is it true then what they say? Like, are you really the king of the Jews? And Jesus says, what you say is true, but my kingdom is not of this world. Otherwise, you know, my, otherwise my followers would like, otherwise, basically you'd be gone. <laughs> Pilot, yes. right? Like right. you'd be history because you are not following me as king of this world. Um so my kingdom is not of this world. And then Pilate says, and then, then somehow the conversation turns to truth. And if you would mm-hmm. know the truth and Pilate says, well, what is truth? And then he mm-hmm. walks away. And I always was struck by the question, what is truth as being the wrong question to ask to Jesus? That's very interesting. It is who is truth. And Jesus says, I am I am truth. Yeah, the question really for Pilate became a an escape door, didn't it? Right. Um, it was one of those little things, emergency bar, you push on and you walk out of the conversation. Like, I, I'm uncomfortable yeah. with where this conversation's going. And I love that. I love that, the way you're framing that, that it did all come down to the question of, what do I do with Jesus's claims? Mm-hmm. And 
that he is the king? What are the implications of that? What does that mean if that's true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you definitely see Pilate essentially saying, hey, everybody's got their own version of truth. It's, it's a dismissive comment. It's not a, an engaging. Oh, yeah. Jesus has claimed. Yeah. Yeah, right. that's a very interesting observation. Right. And, and, that, and it's so prevalent in our cultural culture today, right? Mm-hmm. What is truth? You have your truth. I have my truth. She has his, her truth. He has his truth. They have their truth. You know, like, what is truth? When the, yeah. when the, the question really is, who is truth? Mm-hmm. And do I know him? Yep. Yes. And am I willing? Am I willing subject of him, too? Because... Right? Because even the demons declare Jesus as God. But that doesn't mean that they're in heaven. Yes. So I feel like yeah, we're really good. I feel like we're wandering a little bit. <laughs> no, but that's that is really central to what we're talking about here uh, in the message. You know, because the you know, the kind of the next place the message went was all right, if Jesus is in fact king then the next thing that has to become true is the reason I exist is for him, for his sake, mm-hmm. and in, in accord with his design. So the very next question is, well, what is that going to mean for us in our dealings with each other within the colony? Mm. And I, I cannot say yes to Jesus without that having profound implications for the way that I deal with you. And mm. it is really remarkable when you think about it. Jesus somebody said so name what matters most of all in the kingdom loving god great and then what jesus could have gone 138 different directions what what's he going to say next it is when you stop and think about the implications the thing that he chose for next as love your neighbor so which becomes this immediate call for a life of regard and a life of sacrifice, a life of humility in my dealings with the people around me in the colony and my dealings with the people around me outside of the colony. Um, the, re- the implications of that are absolutely radical. Hmm. So, uh, and if we have not resolved, if, if Jesus is my savior and he's not my king, um, then I look to him for rescue from my sin and then I live life on my own terms in my interactions with the people of God. But mm. Jesus, if I, if I recognize his claims, yeah, Jesus, a new command I give you today. And we have a whole day set aside for it, Monday, Thursday. You know, it's, it means commandment Thursday, mm. mandate Thursday. Um, and we have a whole day set aside just to acknowledge that Jesus summed it all up in love. Do we take it as seriously as he did? You're going to be dead tomorrow. What do you want to talk about tonight? Your last chance to talk to your followers. Let's talk about love. Yeah. And before we eat together, I'm going to wash your feet. Yes, right. So I'm going to be the lowest servant in the house and wash your feet. Mm -hmm. Hmm. It's challenging. Oh, incredibly. Yeah. And I think the, the, the more I know Jesus and the deeper my relationship goes with him, 
the more I realize I need him and I need, I need his kingship, right? Not just, not just the strength, not just the, you know, there's so many things I need of him. The, you know, last week we talked about the power, sharing in the power and sharing in the sufferings and, um, but I don't think, um, I think that as, especially as Americans, it's it, the hardest thing to come to grips with is, oh, I need his kingship because like we're so schooled against kingship. That's right. Yeah, and that's, you know, I think we can forget this. The whole reason that the crown is our, our mark, our logo as a church is for that very reason we are an incredibly talented and gifted and capable group of leaders and community shapers and impactors and um and we need to be reminded it all starts with the crowning of jesus and everything else plays out from there because then i am defined by that reality of what's true about him defines who i am as we've talked about in Mm -hmm. past weeks and i am his what does that mean? Well, that carries forward into everything that I am and everything that I do and radicalizes, changes it, it upends it. Um, and then, you know, the other thing that's so mysterious and powerful in this is, and Paul reiterates this several times in the book of Philippians, that this is God's work that he brings about in us. Our yes to Jesus as king ultimately is something that spirit makes us able to do. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work hard to submit yourself to Jesus because it's God who is at work in you to want to do the things that please him and actually to be able to do those things. And uh, wow, what a comfort and reassurance that is. So again, I mean, it just comes, what is the word that should come out of the mouth of a subject again and again and again and again and again and again and again? Yes. Mm-hmm. what makes our yes possible to the king the spirit of god you know because everything in me goes no 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 i want it on my terms i want it my way i want it in a way that works out for me i want a way that's comfortable for me that meets my needs and so that ability to say a yes that puts others first yeah yeah um, yeah and then that has implications as we said just just a few minutes ago that has implications um within our church culture, like as the covenant family, mm-hmm. has implications as to how we interact with the culture around us. Um, and um, in, in every area. Yes. And those are, that's, those are kind of the themes of the conversations that we are right. going to be having tonight wednesday night and then the next two wednesday nights that's right so can you tell us a little bit more about tonight's conversation sure yeah and you're exactly right that that it's talking about the implications what what does it look like for us to be a colony of heaven uh constrained by the love of christ first we're talking about church culture Mm -hmm. who are we together within the walls of our colony 
how are we called to relate to one another? And we want to get really practical about, you know, how, how do we have conversations across lines of difference? And, and can there be differences within the body of Christ if we are faithful followers of Christ? And how do we deal with social media? And what do we do when we blow with each other? Just some really practical conversation in our family as a church. This is how we do it. That's kind of, we just want to be able to have that discussion. And then the next two, two Wednesday nights, our conversations about church and culture. So once we're out of the doors and out into the world, here we are as people who believe that Jesus is our king and the king of the world, but we're relating with people who don't believe either of those things. They don't believe Jesus is our king and they don't believe Jesus is, they certainly don't believe Jesus is their king. So what what, a, what is that relationship between the church and the culture? And how does it play itself out? And what does love look like there? And and one of the first discussions can be kind of a broader discussion, kind of picking up where we left off on Sunday of this, this message and then the, and talking about practical implications. And then the next one that last Wednesday night is going to be just taking one hot issue, which is the issue of sexuality, same sex attraction, gender identity, and, and saying, all right, how do we handle this? If we're a church that has strong biblical convictions, what does the Bible teach about this? We're also called to love. What does that look like in a culture that is so morally bent uh, in this area? And yeah, mm -hmm. so it moves into the practicalities of that. Mm -hmm. And so those conversations are seven o'clock Wednesdays. So tonight, April 14th, and then Wednesday, the next two Wednesdays in the sanctuary. Yes. And we are not live streaming those. We are recording them. And so if you can't be with us in person, then we are recording them. And if you read your e-news today, you'll find out how to get access to those recordings. Probably tonight's won't be available until next week. I think um, that's right. And so just trying to manage some expectations that's great. That's great. and, and yeah. help you guys help help you know where to how to access this information, this important conversation. Yeah. And be a part of it. Um, so, and we really do see it as a conversation. This isn't an hour and a half of David standing up and saying, we should do this and this and this. It really is going to be set up in a conversational way tonight. We're going to have two people from our congregation kind of engage in a conversation together. And, um, and I think it'll be really rich. So yeah, if you're able to join us, Covenant Family, um, whether in person tonight or by taking part of this via recording afterwards, we uh, really want to encourage you to do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you, David, for yes, your time to be with today. You. It's good to be with you too. And this next Sunday, I believe Brentley is preaching. He is. Yes. And, um, and we're picking up where we left off. We're stepping back into the stream of the book of Philippians. So, yep. Great. All, all right. right. Well, thank you very much. And thank you all, Ruthann, Linda, Mary, for joining us and for anybody who else who joined us but didn't comment. Um, we look forward to seeing you either tonight or Sunday or next week. Great. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks.